Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. It's your head bachelor in charge, Josh, and today joining me is Tara Jabari. Um, Tara reached out to me um, and just kind of wanted to share her story because it, it felt like it would be what we talk about here in the Batch Gang, um, how our lives go from worse to better to worse again. So Tara, I'm going to let you kind of just introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll get more into what we're going to talk about. Thanks, Josh. Um, yeah, so I started a podcast during lockdown, a biographical podcast, and about Lydia Zemanoff, and she was the daughter of Dr. Ludwig Zemanoff, who started the language Esperanto. And I learned of her story about six years ago um, that she traveled through three continents between two world wars and to teach Esperanto. She was a single woman. She never married. She never had children. She never really wanted that. And that's quite uncommon, I feel like, today, let alone 1920s to 40s. She was of Polish Jewish background. She became a Baha'i um, and continued to travel, and then when World War II hit, there were multiple attempts to save her life, but ultimately it didn't pan out, and she did die in a concentration camp. I mean, there's spies involved, there's an independent woman involved, a couple of them, you know, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, this is what movies are made out of, hmm. and never worked out. So I was like, screw it, I'm making it into a podcast. So I did that, and I enjoyed that process. A lot, so I'm working on other ones, uh, other seasons, including Hazel Slot. She's a jazz and classical pianist and the first Black American to have her own television show, and a few others that I'm working on. So it's been nice. And then on top of that, I, I'm a digital media consultant, so I've helped with people, mostly nonprofits, but individuals, influences, influencers, small businesses with their online presence. I edit videos. I've produced podcasts for several years now. And I thought, well, this is a good way to connect and promote is to get on other people's podcasts because mine is different. It's not, it's not like a conversation. It's a documentary kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But I do love connecting people. That's why I love my freelance work. Um, So I saw you were looking for guests on your relatively new podcast so by the time this airs it'll be after um because we we, we, i took a break for may but june 14th marks one year for the show oh okay so we're coming up on a year yeah so oh yeah so then you were busy with because you were explaining to me that you were basically an you are an essential worker but you also wanted to do something that connected you with people right um you know, I like I had FOMO because everybody last year during the height of the pandemic was learning or picked up a new trade or craft or skill. And me working, not really being at home, I couldn't do that too much. So I felt like starting a podcast was something I could do. And I talk about things I either am good at or do a lot. And that's be single <laughs> and attempt to have what we call a love life. So a yeah. uh, couple months later, going on a year now, and we have the Not So Bad Bachelor back now. Do you listen to Why Don't You Date Me podcast by Nicole Byer? So I have not, but actually uh, I forget how I came across it, but it is on my queue of like podcasts to listen to. 
because I try to pick up uh, one, maybe one new one a month or every like couple weeks. Yeah. So it's 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 on the queue. They're just a couple more ahead of it. Yeah, I liked her because I watched Nailed It on Netflix, which mm-hmm. is like that baking show. Yeah. And then I found out she has multiple podcasts. And this one, depending on the guest, I don't, I'm not an avid listener. Sorry, Nicole. But um, depending on the guest, I might, like, if I recognize the name or if the topic's kind of interesting, um, I'll listen to it. But And she has plans for, you know, if she ever does get married. She's like, I'm going to continue this podcast, but it kind of changes focus. focus. And we talk about that. So one question I actually start asking all the guests is, are you a active bachelor or bachelorette or have you retired your jersey? Um, meaning, like, have you found a person? Are you in like, a committed relationship or a marriage? I've had a couple uh, married people on because I feel like there are always things we can learn from each other on both sides yeah. of the spectrum. You never know what's going to happen. So even though you are not a bachelor or a bachelorette right now, doesn't mean that you won't be again. Mm-hmm. Listen, I was like, we're just talking statistics here, people. Not every marriage lasts or not every rape, like relationship lasts. Yeah. Sometimes you find your forever partner, but that's not the case each and every time you enter into something. So a lot of different people have flocked to the show, which I appreciate for. We love you, Batch Gang. Well, yes, for me, I, I guess I've been like a perpetual singular, single bachelorette, if you will. I have a theory that people who've been divorced have the better marriage advice or relationship advice than those who've been married for 40, 50 years. Right. There's it's- something about knowing when is it wrong Like, when is it time to give up? And it's not about giving up. It's about living your best life versus those who've been married for a very, very long time. I Maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I was like, have you settled? Like, are you just tired that you don't care anymore? Listen, Tara, she already admitted this guy. She hasn't listened to every episode, so she might have heard this, but I don't think she has. We've talked about this several times throughout the uh, course of the show how dating to me is just like a training session it's just practice for your forever partner like that's the model of the show where we're preparing ourselves for our future partners like we're working out the kinks now okay and also like you said uh, once you have lived through something or like you have experience that makes you exceptionally more qualified i feel like it's like yeah. when you, like in the, in the workforce like your first day on the job you're probably not as quote unquote valuable as somebody who's been there years or like, you, you know, because if they know the job, they know the ins and outs, the quirks. I was like, yeah, you're young and hungry, but I was like, sometimes knowing the trick of the trade is very important and it's no different in a relationship. I agree. Um, we have a family friend and he, he's Russian and he, so he goes, he's like, never ever marry a man who's been divorced more than twice. And I'm like, what if he's been widowed more than twice? He's like, what are you kidding me? That's even worse. Uh, and then I was like, aren't you on your third wife? He's like, listen, she knew what she was getting herself into. And I was like, that yes. explains so much right yeah, now. I appreciated that advice, but I was like, oh my gosh. Listen, I live my life like it's a baseball game, okay? And you're out. Like, such an easy philosophy to live by. One failed marriage, <laughs> it, like, it, it could have been like mutual. Two fail, fail marriages, maybe, you know, it was impulsive. Uh, three, yeah. you're like, ah, that's, you strike. It's, it's not, it's I not, them. it's, it's definitely me now. 
And I just read a book because it kept coming out. It's called The Ninth Wife. I came out a couple of years ago, but I rented it from the library, an ebook. And it's about a woman who falls for a man who's had eight wives. And so she goes behind his back to find his ex-wives okay. and, and find out what happened because she's never been married. Yeah. And she's in her mid-30s. He's probably in his mid-40s, I think, so they're a little bit old. He's a little yeah. bit older. But then, and then he, so the chapters go, him explaining his story and her, and the other chapter is her figuring out and then trying to reach the ex-wives right. kind of thing. And it, it was a little bit, like, because I'm not a romantic comedy kind of person. Mm-hmm. I don't really like watching them, let alone reading them. But I was like, nine wives. Nine. How the hell does that happen? And I just like it's it's cute. It's a fast read. Yeah. But it was an interesting, like one he married and she because she was dying and she's never been married. So and he became her friend. So he married her. Yeah. So he widowed, kind of thing. Right. One of the, you know, like those. Let's kind see. Of yeah. Things. I think that was like we had a great chat uh, just now, but guys, I know you're like, what are we talking about today? They've been all over the place. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry, Let me properly introduce you to th- today's episode. Today we are going to be talking about the body, yours, mine, and everybody's in between. Like I said, when Tara reached out to me, uh, it kind of the, her story kind of resonated with me because if you've ever been on the heavier side or quote unquote awkward built, you've probably heard this from more than one person. So uh, Tara, kind of like tell us about the like your story uh, in your sure um so i've been heavy i've been fat i've been obese whatever you want to call it um my dad was he eventually died of heart failure from his struggles with his health and when i was i think it pretty much I, i don't remember a time where i was really skinny in my de- like, I'm easily the biggest of my cousins, but in my defense, I'm also the tallest. Um, and I'm an only child, so we're only sharing what like 25 percent of our genetics. But yeah. it it's kind of frustrating when you come from. A, and I'm my family is from Iran, and I think a lot of cultures, but particularly in Persian culture, looks are very much. Like your how, your physical appearance is very much a huge part of your identity. Yes. So with that, it was just it was very difficult growing up for me to feel confident and feel pretty, let alone anything else. When my cousins can go and like try on each other's clothes on trips, I couldn't because I couldn't fit into the. Um, I would literally have to wear some of the boys' clothes because I, you know, and then I would figure out a clever way of making it look fashionable, but there was no way. I mean, I have cousins who are little, literal size zeros. Um, And I remember when Spanx was getting, like when the woman became a billionaire and it was making the news, Mm -hmm. one of my size zero cousins was like, what are Spanx? I'm like, oh, shut the F up. (laughs) You can swear on this, but I was like, don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. But at the same time, for me, it was more, I need to get healthy because at the end of the day, we didn't, 
I'll, I'll share this really quick story of it. Like what it means to be a healthy person does not mean you're a size zero. Fashion industry is a total screw up in the end. But my friend um, got married and in her first couple of years of marriage, she had gained weight. Um, and she was telling me, you know, my mother, and I can't remember if her mother-in-law also said, she's like, your husband's going to leave you if you keep gaining weight and stuff. And um, I was like, dude, in my experience, because I saw my parents, my mother never really had a health problem. She was also like, she was like my cousins, very skinny. And as she got older, you know, she gained weight and stuff. But my dad was always the heavier one. And I said, this is what I've noticed. And just in general, you could, it's how you feel about yourself. You cannot count on your spouse to make you feel confident in your own body, in Mm -hmm. your own skin. Eventually he will get tired of saying, I I think you're sexy. I think you're beautiful. I don't care if you've gained weight and stuff like that. So stop depending on how you look will keep your husband because that's the wrong mentality. Second, we do only have one body right? This is not an altered carbon world. You know the show or the book series, Altered yeah, Carbon? We do not have the money to pay for what kind of body we want. Right. <laughs> um, so it was like, so like, and, and she wanted to get pregnant and stuff. So it was like, you know, her doctor was saying there's a, your BMI is too high. Um, I would say you'd be a, a risk, a pregnancy risk right. if you got pregnant. And I was like, see, these are the things you need to consider. Particularly with women, it's a little harder because we do get periods and stuff like that. We have things to think about um, that impact not us, but if we do get pregnant, that future, like that baby kind of thing. So it was like, that's the only thing is if you're getting to an unhealthy weight, every I think they say about 20, 30 pounds is the normal. You're like, yeah, watch it right? But anything over it, then you're getting, you're risking your health. And, and slow, like, that was like, that's my soul thing. I just don't want to worry about it anymore. Because my dad had sleep apnea, he had diabetes, he had multiple heart stints, he eventually died of heart failure, he literally dropped dead. Um, And stuff. So I, I always was trying my hardest. I consulted with a nutritionist. Um, I worked pretty hard. I actually consulted with him a few months before he died on kind of what might seem extreme, but I was turning 30 and his health started to decline in his 30s. And I was obese. I was fat, whatever you want to go by it, by my fat percentage and by pounds because muscle weighs more than you know, all that stuff. So most health professionals that I've spoken to, they're like, let's not concentrate on the pounds. Let's concentrate on your um, body fat percentage because that gives you a better idea. Right. So I did that. And I also think, it, you know, like, again, one of my cousins who's a literal size zero, you know, all the guys wanted to fuck her. Sorry, can I swear on this thing? Oh, 100%. Like, okay, fuck it. Like, we're all um, sailors here. And, okay. You know, she's now married and has kids and stuff. Great for you. But I remember she was, she said, like, one of, one guy she was seeing, he had seen her at Starbucks 
And I was like, why do you think he came to you on Starbucks? And she's like, because I was studying, working hard on college, and he probably saw my textbooks. I'm like, bitch, no, he saw a hole. He saw one hole or a couple of holes he can stick his dick in. He wanted to fuck you. End of discussion. You're nothing special. Listen, I mean, I'm not going to say that's not wrong, ladies. Like, But, like, don't act like, you know, I was like, some people think you're sexy. Congratulations. Are you happy with yourself? Great. Um, but don't beat around the bush. And, like, some guys might – I was not much of a hookup person, right? Yeah. I didn't, I'm not – and I think part of it is because I'm not comfortable in my own skin. So I remember a guy tried to sext me after not talking to me for, like, four or five months. He just, like, out of the blue tried to sext me. And I was like, okay, clearly you're sexting a couple of people right. at the same time. I don't even, I was never even attracted to you. I'm one of those, I guess, annoying people. <laughs> a conversation with you. Yeah. And is there an attraction more than that? You know, like, versus attraction, you know, let me come and then do that, right? <laughs> Told my roommate at the time, and she's like, well, winter's coming and uh, it's getting colder. And I'm like, fucking get another blanket. I don't know. I was like, no, I'm not risking and I always tell this to my friends, it was like, remember, there's one thing in this world that doesn't care what your class is, your, your black or white or tall or short or rich or poor. Do you know what that is? And they're like, love? I'm like, fuck no. HIV, bitch. People would tell me, when you find a boy you like, you'll lose the weight to impress him. And I went, well, I don't want my life to revolve around somebody else's opinion of me physically. Sure, attraction is a huge part of it. Like I was telling my friend, you have to feel okay with yourself first, right? Now, there, a lot of that I I can agree with, and I, and I do, like that I, I, I was lucky or unlucky enough to, like, have, like, the siblings and the cousins who were, like, the starters, the jock athletes, or just the natural pretty boys. So um, yeah. in comparison, like me being like a little on the heftier side, um, was the quote unquote ugly duckling, if you will. But they're like, oh, they're like, you have such a great personality. You know, like, you're, you'll find somebody one day, you know, or, like you're exactly what I like. You're the type of guy I want to be with. So I, I do get that, that whole um, dichotomy of, attraction uh physically versus uh emotionally mm-hmm. and like like so in the regards to your cousins like every every guy i'm not gonna let them lie to you no matter what you're into you've definitely looked at a person as like i would definitely tap that uh yeah right as the, the clean version of that it's true uh we all do it we all like, we all do i was like for you to say you don't you're a bold-faced liar pause this yeah. podcast wherever you're listening to it Go look in the mirror and just say, I need to do better because you need to do better. Be honest with yourself. I'm definitely that person, like being habitually single um, in the winter. I That's when I, the fall, the middle of fall, early winter, that I do start to think like, hmm, do I actually want to be in a relationship or or, or do I not just want to be lonely? You know, not want to be chilly. Yeah, it's like cuffing season, I yeah. think it's called. A hundred percent. Yeah. Season, yeah. I think that's the other thing is 
people who've been in relationships for a very long time might not be the best ones to talk to necessarily because they also, a lot of experts will say that I've read and heard about, um, will say like, would you date yourself? Like if you can handle your, your own company, then that's a good sign. But if you need somebody else. Well, I guess I'm in a good place because A, yes, the fuck I would date myself. Yeah. I'm a catch. B, I was like, I, I like being alone. I was like, I yeah. occupy myself all the time. I was like, do I have conversations with myself? Yes, we do. But also, like, I could sit here and, like, read a book, play video games, cook, like, surf the internet and be con- can be completely content. I don't need another person beside, you know, yeah. beside me. But I think that, like, so I have a friend, uh, like, one of my closest friends is a habitual dater. And, like, they always, they constantly need to be in a relationship. Um, and I feel like the quality of those relationships isn't always the best. But, you know, that's not my love life to live. Yeah. That's, that's a weird way. Yeah. I've known that from people that I, you know, one thing that I notice is, like, when um, friends who are married are in relationships when they have to do everything with their significant other. Yes. Like they have no independent identity. I get it. Yeah. It's such I a massive totally, turn off for me. Yeah. I totally get you're like, I gotta tell my boyfriend, my husband or whatever, um, we're going out tonight, we'll I'll get home a little late. I was like, Yeah, totally, because your life does impact his. Um, if, if he's expecting you at home at like by midnight and you don't come, like, should I call the cops? Should I not? Like, I totally get that. But if we have a girl's night out, don't invite the guy. (laughs) That's why we didn't, right? Like, that's what I didn't, I've seen both where like, I just invited him. I'm like, why? Exactly. Then I felt bad. I was like, well, now we have to talk about stuff for him. Like, he doesn't know all our background, like, history or what we're talking about. It's just those kind of things. That's when you, like, interject. Sorry, Stephen, Stanley, George, you got to go. I appreciate you. We love you. But ladies' night. Because to me, that says a lot more about the guy than it does the woman. Mm -hmm. I was like, why? Like, it's a girl's night. Like, why do you want to be here? Like, a, do you have control issues? B, like, like, what do you hope to accomplish? Like, it's it's going to be girl talk. I was like, we're going to, they're going to do whatever, you know, you do with only your girls. Or like when we all go to the bathroom, like, you can't come with this. I was like, you're literally just going to be here by yourself. I was like, like, think about the situations that like you're, you're putting yourself in when A, you're the, like the opposite gender wanting to tag along on these excursions. I always think about that, like, or big no-no It for me is when somebody only wants to talk about their relationship and complain about it the entire time. Hmm. If you're not happy, I always say this, you got to know when to fold them. All right, Billy Joel's right. You got to know when to walk away. It's a good one, yeah. It, it happens. Like, people, our society forces us to view our worth and our success based on longevity rather than quality most times. And what I mean by that is they're like, well, you've been single for so long. That means you're failing or 
why haven't you found somebody? You know, or like rather than like, hey, you've been with this person for years, decades, but you're not happy. I was like, I, I don't understand why we, we value that. You know, um, yeah. I was like, uh, it should definitely be, I like to think most times in a relationship, it likes to be, it should be quantity over quality. Right? I was like, go out there, date a bunch of, like a whole gaggle of people. Yeah. And find your person who like makes you happy and just goes well with you rather than dating so few people that you really haven't had the chance to handle or like see the versatility in people. You know, so- now when you talk about dating though, cause this is still kind of, I mean, are you based in the U S yeah, I'm in Ohio. Yeah. Um, so vaccines have come out like they're, they're re, um, lifting some restrictions out and things like that, but particularly during the pandemic, like how would you date? It was really through like a text basis. Well, it was kind of like 50-50. So last year I went on 20, I had 20 dates. Mm-hmm. Out of those 20 dates, I want to say maybe six were virtual. And okay. then like the rest were like in person. And um, how many times did you, like, have you had one date or would we continue? Like you'll have a second or a third date. We talked about this before. Like, um, as long as you're not in an exclusive relationship, I believe in what we call the roster. Like, it's, I feel like it's okay to date multiple people at once or go on, let's, let me rephrase that, to go on dates with multiple people at once. So there, there was a period I was probably going on dates with like five or six women. Um, some, some would only be first dates, some would be second or third dates. I was with one person last year for like five or six months. Okay. It really Until you have that conversation, you're like, I want to be exclusive, basically. Right. You have that freedom to test the waters with other things and make other right. connections. I get that, yeah. And I feel like, A, I feel like you have to have that conversation early on. And I tell people, I was like, I'm a slow burner. I don't go straight to commitment. I was like, I don't know you. And I was like, there's a whole lot of life that we have to live before I feel like I would give you the title of significant other. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first word in that is significant. We haven't spent a significant amount of time about with each other. We don't know a significant amount about each other. But before I like continue on with that. All right. And we're back, guys. Um, I'm still here with Tara. She didn't go anywhere. You know that. No. Um, but one day you guys never know. I'm going to switch up. I'm going to come back from a break and it's going to be a completely different guest. Um, <laughs> Keep no. us on our toes. Listen. Uh, that's how you keep the viewers, the viewership steady, you know, surprise them, shake it up. So uh, another thing that we were kind of talking about um, on the way to on the way to this session is how some people are like, if you lose the weight, then you would definitely be like marriage material, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit how like that that conversation with you. Because I know for me, like I said, uh, we both were heavier kids. Even though I was a heavier kid, it wasn't my fault. Um, that's not me trying not to take accountability for, like, my weight and my health. But I had a series of, like, health issues that, like, the medications to stabilize me caused me to gain weight and, like, hair and a bunch of other things. Because at one point, people used to call me, like, the abominable snowman because I was, like, really fuzzy and hairy and round. 
And I was like, that shit stuck with me. Uh, yeah. But my journey from that to, I'm not like a fit model now, but I'm a healthier, more uh, mildly attractive gentleman, I like to say. You are. You're very attractive. Your hair is so luscious. Very nice goatee beard going Listen, on. You get, you got it. You got to know what works for you. I, I couldn't pull off a full beard, so I rock what I can. It's very masculine. Thank you. So there, were there ever times, late teenage, early 20 years, when you start to go be social at like clubs, bars, whatever, you know, college, um, where maybe you were with a friend or uh, your cousins and you saw the segregation like start to arise? Well, so there is a point where there's a Persian conference that's now kind of non-existent since COVID, but there used to be like 4,000 Persians that would come to this conference and to talk about the culture, the music, the history, blah, blah, blah. Based near Chicago, it's not Chicago, it's in the middle of Shitsville, in my opinion, but yeah. um, but we, I grew up in Chicago, so I would be the chauffeur and to bring relatives and stuff but there would be and you had to be like dolled up going to the oscars right, right? yeah and when you're a heavier set person it's harder to find clothes that complement you or you know, i think now it's a little easier but when you in the 2000s and even in the 2010s and yeah. starting before it was a lot harder to find um, diverse clo clothing sizes, right? Didn't put on a pound of makeup and hairspray and the tightest clothes possible. I'd go in with school clothes to come and have dinner with the family uh, who were visiting at the hotel that it was functioned at and not, you know, in four-inch heels and a tight dress or anything like that. And I was literally here a couple of the mothers would be like, or the grandmothers are like, she's not going to find a husband like that. Yeah. And um, I was like, well, I don't really want your hairy out grandson as a husband. You know what I mean? Like, I have a personality. I have a, I'm getting a master's degree. Hello. Like, won't you want more than just looks? Right. It was kind of frustrating as they're like, you know, you'd make, you'd find a husband if you just lost weight. If you just, you know, because you have a good personality, you are smart, you are a good conversationalist, um, you care about family and kids and stuff like that. And I also felt like the fucking nanny when all the cousins started getting married and having kids. I didn't like the pressure of the like, oh, she's still fat. And I'd be like, leave me alone so I would kind of hang out with the babies yeah. and, and then I took like if you've ever read the book or seen any of the interpretations of persuasion Jane Austen's persuasion she's like 28 years old which at the time was well, like yeah. oh, you're dead um and all the like all the little whiny little bitches like not I'm not saying my cousins were whiny bitches but it was sort of she the the main character would end up being with the kids and they kind of treated her like a servant and without them intentionally doing so the comments of like oh you need to wear black 
you know, because it's slimming. slimming yeah. Oh, you need to do this, or you need to do this. All about looks. As one cousin said, she's like, whenever we go to a family reunion, it's who's gained weight, who lost weight, who got married, who didn't. Now that we're getting older, it's who died, because yeah. the generation before us is dying off, kind of thing. And I was like, yeah, and that's not what I don't need that in my life. Like, I'd rather have a talk about like. Do you think abortion should be legal or not? Do you think aliens exist or not? Yeah. I like having these conversations. Yeah. Do you think, you know? Um, the true meat and potatoes of talking, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and that's, and I remember, uh, you know, I was raised with, like, you know, I'm offering tea, I'm cleaning up, I'm help, being helpful. And it was at some gathering that my parents were hosting that, um, a man was Jewish and he came and he's like, you know, you'd make a very good Jewish wife. And I was like, I, I don't know what that means. Um, so, and my parents looked at each other and they're like, should we say something? Like, what does that mean? Like, if he's meaning like she's going to be a good servant and homemaker, like that's the only thing she's good for because I was offering tea and I was picking up plates because we were the hosts and yeah. stuff. Or what is he? And I was, and I was like, I think it's a compliment, but I don't understand what that. Yeah. You you know I'm I'm not gonna I don't I don't know him so I can't speak for his mindset, but um, the time that I've spent inside the the Jewish community, uh, like one of the like the things I've noticed about like a lot of like the Jewish moms is like they're like very like attentive and like nurturing. So like I mean. Cause like literally, you walk in, you're like you're being fed, you're like they're like they're taking care of you, head to toe. And I was like, it's it's like it's a very welcoming like presence and environment. It it, it's like you like you don't know like you may not know them from like Tom, Dick, or Sally, but you they they come in, they're guests, they're they're family, you know. Um, yeah, and I think it's also sort of a, a thing that happens to more women than men. Like, yeah, like nobody's ever like you're gonna be a good yeah. Right? Like, can she be a good mom? Yes. And she, you know, and um, which, you know, I, it's not that it's easily offended, but it sort of puts, you're like, okay, so my value is my looks, my figure. And if I can, at this point, serve others. And I didn't take too kindly to that. Yeah. Right. And I kind of used my weight as a guard for myself. So, like, when I would go to parties with friends or college, um, my roommate was, uh, you know, the, the literal girl next door, right? Kind of like all-American, sweetie pie, was engaged by the time she was 20. Then she realized, thankfully smartly, that it wouldn't be good. She broke up. She had a boyfriend. And I remember the boyfriend. We all went to a bar. Mm-hmm. And the boyfriend smoked. But I, I'm not much of a bar person. I like con- conversing. He's like, you want to talk? I'm like, sure. So we went outside so he can smoke. And I remember we had a conversation about, are, is there such a thing as ghosts? Because mm-hmm. he's like a dead-on atheist right. kind of thing. And it's like, when we're dead, we're dead. And so, so I had a really lovely conversation with him. And then we came back and they said, like, two men hit on my roommate, the girlfriend, that our other roommate had to pretend to be her girlfriend and, like, be like, she's mine, not yours, like, back off. And he's like, you know, it doesn't make me upset because I save so much money because they always buy her drinks. Yeah. 
So even though I'm the boyfriend and she's going to suck my dick, like, I don't have to worry about buying her drinks because the other guys do. And no one ever looked at me like that. Yeah. And that fucks you up in the head. Listen, <laughs> okay. So the double the double standard that I hate on – well, it's not a double – well, it is. Guys, we're, piece, we're pieces of literal shit at times. Those times more frequent than, like, women? Yes. Um, everything's always so transactional with us or mm-hmm. – like it's weird how we accept things. Like if we think if we go up to somebody and we think they're like completely out of relief, we don't have a chance. We don't mind like simping being treated like garbage, you know, because you're like, hey, you know what? Fair enough. That was that was too high of a skill level for me. But if we feel like somebody's like at our skill level or like a tr- level of attraction or below, we like demand the world from them. It's like yeah, like I'll buy you a drink, but you're like. You're going to go out with me. You're going to sleep with me. You're going to do this, that, and the other. You know, you're going to be grateful yeah, for my presence. Yeah, there's a free lunch here, buddy. Like, yeah. there's going to be something I get out of this, yeah. too, which I get. I have no problem calling myself on my bullshit. At times, I am still that guy. If I buy a lunch, like, it's meaningless. Like, a drink or two it doesn't mean anything. Now, if it's super something big and grand and, like, like monumental, like, it's, uh, it's, it's crappy to say, but I was like, I do feel like there should be some reciprocation. Does that mean sex? No, but just like some form of like gratitude for the situation. Um, Would it also be like next time I had a really great time, next time dinner's on me, would that count? Well, do, I guess, okay, so the only example that always comes to my head is I had a, like I had a crush on this, like this woman. I brought her, I brought her into town, like gave her a place uh, to like stay while she was in town. She food was taken care of, like travel was taken care of. Um, it was her birthday, so I like I took her out to dinner. Not a big deal. I surprised her with like concert, like like floor concert seats that were like being like two paychecks. And then the night ends with, oh, like you're not really into me. You just think you're into me. Thanks. Um, maybe we can chat again some other time. I was like, I definitely like. I was like, mm. Once there's a comma, like, put in what I, like, I dropped tonight, I was like, I definitely think I deserve more than, A, you invalidate my feelings by telling me I don't know what I'm attracted to, and then, B, let's chat sometime. Like, what? What is, what is that? So she was saying you think you're attracted to me? Yes, but I'm really not. And I was like... When you bought her flowers and all sorts of yeah. dinner for her birthday, like... She's not saying I don't think I'm attracted to you. She's right. telling you you're attract you're not actually attracted to her. Exactly. That's some bullshit. Literally, like literally, I was like never experienced it before in my life, and I was like, this is a first. And I was like, wow, just. Well, see, now that seems like somebody who's not very comfortable with herself, like earlier that we were talking about. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it's weird because I can I can see that like we have talked about it, and like even though she was like quote-unquote, societally gorgeous. And, like, I thought she was gorgeous because I did all that for her. Um, still think she's <laughs> a beaut. But, um, and I, I was, like, she just, she was in relationships where, like, she wasn't given priority or treated like she deserved to be treated, you know? Mm-hmm. So she didn't think that maybe she deserved all this or that me doing this, like, it didn't, you know, it didn't add any validation to her being, like, beautiful or worthy internally or externally. Yeah. Also context, like we, we've been friends for like ever. So 
I've known her and I was like, I've agreed. I've like openly told her, I was like, you date pieces of shit. Like, but I was like, Hey, that's your type. Like some people are attracted to that. Like yeah. people who don't like really like aren't really into you or like won't treat you well. That's cool. Like if that's your type, don't expect me to like give you, don't console you when like it doesn't work out because <laughs> you know, that's your type. Yeah. It's but, sort of like the other thing with the guy who I remember this one instance where he tried to sext me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm also not desperate enough to be the second or third person you're sexting clearly yeah. at the same time. Like I'm a forethought. Yeah. And that was where I was like, maybe I think too highly of myself. Maybe it's unrealistic expectations, but I literally had we stopped talking to each other for at least three months before all of a sudden he's like, what are you wearing? Or, you know, I'm bored or something like, I don't know what he said, but I was like, but that's like, no, no, I don't, I want something more than that. Listen. And so, so often like people think it's weird that we're a very select breed where we're okay being by ourselves. Yeah. You know, um, listen, I, I've dated myself. I'm dating myself with a couple other people sprinkled in. And I'm okay with that. All right, guys, before we let Tara go, we are going to get into the quickie questions. And you know that is five questions about sex and relationships that we use as a reverse icebreaker. We like to catch you on the back end. We give you a little time to warm up during the show and then we hit you with the punches at the end. So Tara, are you ready? Yes. All right, question one. Like what's a really big turn on for you? Great conversation. This is a good person. It's one of mine. That's like my number one, too. Yeah. Um, what's the turn off for you? I'm going to probably think of something really good later, like in the middle of the night. Yeah. But right now, I would think of um, not being conscious of your surroundings or what other people are going through. Kind of like, not necessarily so like a low, a low emotional intelligence. Yes, that would be it. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fair. Um, like your EQ, EQ is so important because it could be the start or end of anything. I'm at a place where I'm more emotionally mature or I know how to communicate better and you haven't reached that point yet and we're just always clashing. That's probably not going to be a sustainable relationship and it's probably doomed to fail unless something like drastic happens. Yeah. If you could go back in time, what would be one piece of advice about sex or relationships that you would tell your younger self? To, to live more in the now and not keep thinking of not just what ifs, but the future, right. like live in the now more. Okay. What is one thing that you think you can improve on as a partner? I'm pretty open, but I guess it's more open to opportunities of, like like you said, like if I hate the apps, I'm going to hate the apps. I got to change that atmosphere, like that outlook to it. So that. Uh, that would be something I'd need to work on. And, or if someone's like, I met some real, someone I think is really great for you. And you're like, Ugh, really? I should be more open to it. And you're like, no, this is a good, it could be a new friend. Right. right. And then this one's a personal one to the episode. And I just thought about it just for you. Okay. Um, Cause I, I do a lot of mirror work. So uh, not a lot, but a decent amount. Um, I always like look at my body, look at myself. And like, I like I pick one thing. And like I said, this is what I like about me. And here's why I like it. What's one thing that you have learned to like about your body or yourself? And like, why are you proud of it? Physically or not necessarily physically? Physically, yeah. Physically. I think I'm really proud of 
my legs. Okay. They're quite muscular and tone. They're full of scars because I pick at scabs oh. and I'm accident prone. Um, but my, I remember my friend tried to, and this is actually kind of my butt too. Um, I don't have a big butt. I'm not a Kardashian, but I have a very strong lower half. So I remember my friend's like, move it. And then she hit my butt. She's like, holy shit, bitch. Yeah. That's cool. And I'm like, yeah, man. I do squats. Right. I do squats. I go running. I'm very proud of them. Everybody loves so. an audible slap. Yeah. Right. Um, well, Tara, thank you for sharing. Um, hopefully, we get to do this again. Hopefully, I, I like. Like so we're friends now. So, like, I'll check in from time to time, see how you're doing on your journey. Please um, do. You know, we'll see how those apps are treating it, or who knows? Everything's lifting. You might be able to go back in person and meet somebody uh, in real life. Yeah, now um, that I, this was a big step to being yeah. open to new possibilities, like the question you asked me. So we'll see. Um, and like I said, one more time before we get out of here, uh, just tell us where we can find you. And uh, I noticed we didn't get the name of your podcast. Like I said, tell us the name of your mm -hmm. podcast and where we can find you if we want to give it a listen. Sure. So my podcast's name is Who Was She Podcast. It's on major podcasting platforms. Um, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. I'm Tara Jabari. So, like, my Instagram and my Twitter is Tara underscore Jabari. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to continue the seasons. Um, I'm focusing on women throughout history, particularly Baha'i history right now, um, because I, I always liked sharing stories and I find these women inspirational. So, I think people can learn a lot from them too. All right. Guys, if you love women like I love women, you should go check out Who Was She, um, the podcast, um, and to get to know Tara, too. I'm pretty sure you see her through her posts, or you might get a little bit of her personality um, through her podcast. And I will see all you beautiful singles, or not singles, mm -hmm. in two weeks. <laughs>